Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, glad you're with us today. Let's get into the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our daily news and notes and some headlines for you here in this opening segment. Later in the hour, Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports will join. Normally Alex Bozich in that segment. He is out today. His father, Rick, going to join us to talk. IU basketball, football, probably get a season projection uh, prediction from Rick on what he sees for IU football with their schedule in the Big Ten Conference and obviously get into some basketball stuff with him as well. And later in the show, we continue our preview of high school football teams here in the area with Floyd Central coach James Bragg. He's going to join us in our third segment to preview the Highlanders. I think uh, kind of the theme for the area is unknown. A lot of key graduates from a year ago, and I think you could put Floyd Central into that same category as well when you talk about high school football for the upcoming season. And of course, I'm interested to see how this Floyd Central team is coming along in the preseason because they open up against Louisville Mail, who is a powerhouse Kentucky football program, really a powerhouse in the Midwest uh, as far as high school football goes. And it's a tough schedule to open because it's uh, Mail in week one, and then it is uh, Manual from Louisville in week two. So two very tough programs from Louisville the first two weeks for the Highlanders to open up the season. But that's our lineup for today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. Your reminder, daily reminder of that number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And it Thornton's it's summer cash bash so each week one lucky one lucky refreshing rewards member will win ten thousand dollars all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe all you got to do is open your refreshing rewards app and click on the summer cash bash icon to enter you can earn additional entries as well by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20 ounce bottles hot dogs Bud Light 12 packs large Doritos and many more using your refreshing rewards card if you're not a member of refreshing rewards in that program you can send the ro- the word rewards to the number 80313 again the the word rewards you text that to 80313 
Uh, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A number of things to get to today. Um, About an hour ago, uh, in my inbox, in my email, a release from Indiana. We were just talking yesterday about beer sales now available for so many sports. Uh, I think the most recent sport was soccer that IU announced here in the last few days, but still no men's or women's basketball at Assembly Hall. And my question yesterday for Dustin Dopierak was, is it coming? Uh, is it something that's just a matter of time as the, these deals are inked for other sports, now allowed for other sports, probably the right way to say that. Uh, and he thought that really these other sports are a test. Obviously, football would be probably on average or definitely, I would think, the biggest crowd uh, where beer sales are currently allowed on campus. So, again, the football season and beer sales for Indiana – I think uh, another test run, a trial run to see how things go. Uh, and you've got to believe as uh, revenue and uh, financial stuff comes to mind uh, and as, as we move forward that at some point uh, beer sales will be uh, available for a uh, men's and wins, women's basketball games uh, at Assembly Hall. But I opened my box, my inbox this morning, and I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe the, it said IU announces new partnership with uh, Molson Coors. I thought maybe this is going to be the release that tells us they went ahead and added basketball. Nope, just a announcement that IU has entered just a partnership with Molson uh, Coors Beverage Company that will make Coors Light the exclusive domestic beer sponsor of IU Athletics beginning with this season, the 2022-23 season, a multi-year sponsorship agreement uh, secured by uh, the multimedia rights holder for IU Athletics, which is Learfield. Uh, So Molson uh, Beverage Company will be able to utilize IU's uh, script and logo and its promotion and according to the re- release, it will be a visible part of the game day experience at various IU Athletics venues, including Memorial Stadium, the rooftop at Rock, presented by Indiana Kitchen, located in the south end zone of Memorial Stadium, will include a Molson Coors branded beer garden. In addition, those facility related to those facility related items, the release says IU Athletics' new partner will also have increased visibility on IU Athletics' official social and digital platforms and on the IU radio network. So when you're listening to Don Fisher call the IU football games, uh, you're going to hear the mention of Coors Light and uh, obviously commercials for Coors Coors Light as well. So a a definite uh, step forward um, as beer sales become, I think, a bigger part of the IU athletics experience. And uh, so with that said, I think it's, I personally feel it's just a matter of time until Coors Light is available at Assembly Hall. So let's see uh, how that plays out. But uh, one other note today as well, you know, a lot of talk about the Big Ten media rights, television deal, and it looks like Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and NBC Sports are going to be the three flagships uh, for Big Ten football and basketball when the new deal kicks in. It's not for this season, but on down the line a little bit. And I saw a story yesterday that someone sent to me from the News Observer, uh, which is down in, in the uh, Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, and it was a, it was a, a, a kind of a, a thought piece about 
what the future of the ACC Big Ten Challenge would look like. Obviously, it's been such a big part of early season college basketball, and those two conferences, as they stand right now at least, uh, really produce some great matchups uh, to preview and 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 take a look at, at what the season could be like. And I think that's one of my favorite what three day spans. In early season college basketball, you get so many good games, so many matchups that are meaningful, uh, whether it's good individual matchups or coaching rivalry matchups uh, or just you know flat good college basketball teams that are all highly ranked. Uh, so that could be uh, definitely out, you would think, with this new agreement. Now, could one of the networks pick it up and make it happen and put a lot of effort and funding into that as ESPN has done? Absolutely, if it makes those television networks money. But it will be interesting to see some of these conference agreements for these early season uh, shootouts or uh, competitions, whatever you want to call them, that showcase their teams against each other as rights change and just the conferences change. What will those look like going forward, and will those continue to be a big part of the college basketball landscape in the non-conference season? But definitely concern, does the Big Ten uh, ACC Challenge continue with uh, new media? Media partners involved. You would think that it would or something similar would come about, but we probably won't know until we get a little further into this new deal and everything is made official. Also, NIL, kind of keeping an eye on things, always interesting to see uh, what schools, uh, players, what type of deals people are getting, a lot of these collectives that are out there, uh, what are they doing, what kind of creative stuff. And i gotta, I got to hand it to the IU collectives. Uh, between the preseason event and between the Hoosiers for Good um, collective where uh, you know nonprofits and and charities are included. Uh, some pretty neat stuff I think happening right now around IU athletics in Bloomington, and I'm I'm sure that you could draw some other really cool examples that are out there around some of these mega college football programs and some of the other really good good college hoops programs. But definitely some outside the box thinking has went on. Uh, with uh, IU and NIL and people associated in that uh, surrounding market. So that is interesting. I did run across uh, a story from Front Office Sports that another collective called Boulevard Collective uh, plans to pay SMU football and basketball players, I think it's just men's basketball players, uh, $36,000 each per year uh, for NIL activity. That payout total for this Boulevard Collective uh, is $3.5 million annually, which is unprecedented compensa- compensation in college athletics. So basically, it's an NIL collective and a deal that has been struck for the whole football program and the whole boys or men's basketball program, where no matter who you are, the star or the bench player, you're going to get $36,000 per year uh, as part of an NIL package. So essentially, SMU can go out and say, if you play here, uh, no matter how good you are or aren't, no matter how hard you work at marketing yourself or you don't, or how many followers you have on social media or you don't, that would make you attractive possibly to companies, uh, you're going to get $36,000 a year to play here. So that that is definitely a different approach and interesting to see uh, that come about. And it makes you wonder when the rules are updated because it sure seems like there's discussion of that and that we're headed down that path. Will something like that, a flat money fee to go play there that doesn't come from the school, that comes from an outside collective, 
Will that be allowed? Uh, how is that, in some sense of the word, not pay for play, even if the athletics department or the school has nothing to do with it? Uh, you're guaranteed, according to this collective, if you were to go to SMU, $36,000 uh, per year, which is just crazy. So uh, that is something in NIL that caught my attention that I wanted to share with you. Uh, a few other things to pass along. IU football, Tawan Mullen has been named a preseason All-American by Pro Football Focus. No real surprise there. Uh, he was announced that just earlier this month, uh, one of four All-Americans at the Flex D position. Uh, Mullen obviously set, I would assume, for a really big season for IU this upcoming year. And got to see Kentucky. I, I didn't watch much of it last night, but they were playing over in the Bahamas. Uh, as part of their foreign tour that is allowed once every four years by the NCAA. I also saw that Wisconsin, their trip to Paris, uh, began yesterday, and uh, they had a cruise on the one of the rivers uh, there outside of Paris, and then they had an 81-66 win over a team called Paris Towers, uh, which is the first of four games for the Badgers in France. So, so far, the Big Ten teams, Wisconsin and Ohio State, uh, that have had tours have fared well. Uh, of course, the Wisconsin tour just started. The other thing that's so hard to know is the competition. Some of these teams you're playing in the Bahamas or Puerto Rico or uh, even overseas like France, you know, it just varies so much from game to game. But uh, definitely Wisconsin uh, getting a win last night in their opener there. And I mentioned this yesterday. I was talking a little television, sports TV, uh, and giving a, a recommendation for the new Hard Knocks series uh, by HBO that comes out Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock. You can also watch it on HBO Max. Uh, and mentioning, uh, you know, just how interesting it was. You think the Detroit Lions and, you know, what could possibly be interesting about that franchise. But the first episode was really good. Uh, and one other uh, coach, assistant coach, featured in um, that uh, uh, documentary, I guess you call it, is Antoine Randall-L, who a uh, former uh, Indiana University football standout, probably one of the best players to ever play in the program. He currently is the wide receivers coach for the Lions. So if you want to see Randall-L and uh, check out the, the Hard Knocks uh, series that I recommended yesterday, uh, there is an IU connection in that series with Antoine uh, Randall-L, one of the uh, assistant coaches, the wide receivers coach, for the Detroit Lions. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Don't forget, coming up on Monday night, we have our high school football kickoff show. It's Monday at 7 o'clock, and it's going to last for approximately two hours. You can listen to all of it here on the Big X, 1450 AM and 96.1 FM. Also, it'll be streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. All you got to do is go there and click on the Listen Live button. If you can't listen live, we'll have a podcast of it available later on Monday night, so that will be a lot of fun, I know, for you that want to dig in and get ready for the high school football season. Normally, our show has been tonight. Uh, it's always been like a week and a half uh, in advance of the, the actual regular season, but because of the bats and some other conflicts, it's going to be Monday night, the week that high school football begins. So this coming Monday, August 15th is the date, and our broadcast will originate from the Jeffersonville FOP, the police FOP headquarters 
course, uh, in Jeffersonville from their nice hall that they have. And so we look forward to uh, being there and having all eight football coaches on from the area. We'll start with the 1A schools and work our way up to the 4A schools as the evening goes on. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join me. And uh, we'll break it down with every coach and we'll interview as well as the head coaches, some of the top players from each of the local schools. And uh, it really is a good way to get ready for the season. And as I've said this year with high school football, it's kind of wide open. We're really not sure in the area with so many graduations from a year ago uh, who is going to be good. I've said Charlestown, I think, will have a chance to win and compete in the Mid-Southern Conference. I think they'll have a chance in their sectional as well. But outside of that, I'm not saying anybody doesn't have a chance to compete in their respective conference or sectional, but there's just so much unknown about so many teams that Monday night for me, and I know for Josh as well, it's going to be really a chance uh, after scrimmages this Friday, after a lot of practices when the game planning begins for next Friday night, uh, to get a lot of information from these coaches. So if you're a high school football fan, it's going to be a lot of fun on Monday night with our show, 7 p.m. You can tune in right here on the Big X. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports is with us. We'll get his project projection on IU football. We'll talk college hoops, uh, Mike Woodson, and more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Thursday program. Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports with us in this segment. Normally Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with us uh, during this uh, time in our program. He is out today, so his uh, father and a longtime member of uh, the sports media here in our area, Rick, kind enough to fill in today. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, Rick, thanks for filling in today. It's always great to have you with us, and I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to talk some college football and kind of have you size up the area, also Indiana, and the Big Ten Conference as we inch closer and closer to kickoff uh, in the season. Let's start first with Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. There's a quarterback competition going on. Things were pretty locked down tight this spring. Uh, no spring game, all practices closed, so only in recent weeks have uh, the media really got a look at this team and started to understand what the race looks like. But any any insight on the QB competition? And then overall, your general thoughts on IU football this season? Yeah, uh, well, thanks. first of all, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm, I'm happy to fill in. Um, not sure I can fill Alex's uh, footsteps, <laughs> but I'll give it a shot. Um, I can just tell you this. I know tomorrow they're having a media availability, and I think there might be a scrimmage tomorrow, and the two quarterbacks they're making available are Connor Basilak and uh, Jack Tuttle, which isn't really surprising, um, except just a bit to me. I, I thought at some point Dexter Williams, who's, um, been there now two years and never played because he was redshirted and then got injured would, would maybe be more in the mix. 
uh, because he's a more mobile guy, but apparently it's going to be Basilak and Tuttle. Um, if you ask me today to pick who I think the quarterback would be, I would think it would be Basilak because um, over his college career, he's been a more productive player. Um, people probably know, and for those who don't, he was actually the freshman offensive player of the year uh, in the SEC uh, during the 2020 COVID season, and I watched him play several times. Uh, and I thought he was a solid player. I mean, he's not like a, you know, a future NFL quarterback, but, you know, he, he could be a, a, a Nate Sudfeld type guy who, I mean, I, I don't mean to contradict myself because Sudfeld has played in the NFL, just not as a starter. Um, and Tuttle, you know, from what we've seen him at IU, he's been inconsistent and he's had a hard time staying healthy. Um, so, but the rest of the offense is a total mystery. Um, to me, I mean, that we know who the, who the players are, uh, and a lot of them are portal guys. Uh, Sean Shivers, I don't know if it's Shivers or Shivers from Auburn, who's a really fast but very small um, running back. Uh, you got Josh Henderson, who um, was highly acclaimed out of New Jersey when he went to North Carolina, but was mainly on the bench behind some guys who did make it to the NFL. All new wide receivers other than DJ Matthews. New tight ends, although I think A.J. Barner is a, is a very talented kid. Uh, and then what it's going to come down to is uh, the place where most of the personnel is back is the offensive line, and they've got to make a substantial step forward because last year, uh, as you watch that team play, they, they weren't good at pass blocking or at run blocking, and IU's offense was, you know, in many ways the worst in the Big Ten. And if that doesn't get fixed, um, I don't see how – how it's going to be possible for Indiana to improve much. Talking with Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports, as far as the Big Ten goes, I think over overall it's clear that uh, Ohio State is is a major favorite in that conference. Uh, what, what do you see from the Big Ten as you think about Week Zero and Week One games uh, coming up? Yeah, I mean, Ohio State plays Notre Dame opening week in Columbus, so that'll be a huge game for the Big Ten uh, and a huge game for Ohio State to make its case, you know, as a national championship contender. Uh, really, opening week, the two most interesting games to me are on Thursday night. Well, Illinois, first, uh, let's get that straight. Illinois actually plays a week ahead of Indiana against Wyoming. So if you're an IU football fan, you'll want to watch that to see what the Illini have before they come to Memorial Stadium. But then the Thursday night, the first week in September, Jeff Brom and Purdue um, have a home game against Penn State. Uh, and we know that Brom... As he beat two top five teams last year, um, and Purdue's got a very good quarterback back in Aiden O'Connor, who's probably the second best quarterback in the league. And that's an eight o'clock national television game. That'll be huge. And then IU plays on Friday night against Illinois. And looking at the Big Ten, when you look at opportunities for them to improve, I mean, to me, that's a must win. You're, you're, it's one of your crossover games from the West Division against one of the teams that you know is more towards the bottom and for them to sort of flush away the you know the negativity that surrounded the team last year when they underachieved the way they did um they got to win that game i think to get people back on, on board because if they can win that game then they play idaho i think at home and then western kentucky at home got a reasonable chance to get to three and oh and then they go to cincinnati for game four and uh, although cincinnati is ranked in the top 25 in the early USA Today coaches poll, they lost 
a lot of their best players, including Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, Sauce Gardner, the defensive back. So, um, you know, I, if I the opportunity is there for Indiana to change the vibe around the football program. It's just a matter of whether they're good enough to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Rick Bozich, Rick with WDRB Sports. Um, let, let's turn the college football uh, light on the local teams. You've mentioned Indiana and your thoughts there, but also Louisville. There seems to be some uptick in recruiting and excitement around uh, Coach Satterfield and that program and also Kentucky. When you look at the big three locally that you cover from a D1 perspective, uh, what's the pecking order there, you think, going into the season? I would go Kentucky 1, Louisville 2, Indiana 3. Um, Kentucky, and this is year 10 for Mark Stoops, and I am – I've been as impressed by his coaching job, really, as any coaching job I've seen in this area, probably since Howard Schnellenberger, by what he's done. I mean, he's done it the old-fashioned way of building it up year by year, season by season, you know, incremental progress, no substantial fallbacks. Um, and this year, um, they're picked actually second in the SEC East, which I can never remember that happening uh, since the SEC went to divisional play. And I think in the USA Today coaches poll, they were number 21. Uh, been a long time since Kentucky's been a preseason top 25 team, and they're actually the second highest ranked team uh, in the SEC East there, too. So they have respect. Um, they have a returning quarterback in Will Levis, who had a very good year last year. They have Chris Rodriguez back at running back. They do have to replace Wandell Robinson, who was a very explosive big play guy on offense, and that'll be a question for them. Uh, but the thing about Kentucky is since Stoops has been there, they've generally been very good on defense. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they hang in games. So they open with Miami of Ohio, and then they go to Florida. That'll be their early, uh, you know, weather vane game of, you know, Florida's breaking in a new coach uh, and Billy Napier. Um, Kentucky kind of needs to win that game if they really do want to signal that they're the second-best team in the SEC East. Rick, let's uh, let's keep it on that same topic, but switch to basketball. Obviously, uh, we're, we're all excited uh, to cover to to watch this Indiana team the upcoming year. They've got some big expectations in year two of Mike Woodson. But looking at the area, Kenny Payne at Louisville. Obviously, Coach Woodson had a year start on him, and seems to have things going in a really good direction when it comes to recruiting and just the overall success of the program. Kenny Payne, I think people believe early on before he's ever coached a game that he is the right guy for that job. He's the guy that can take Louisville maybe through the the final days with the NCAA cloud hanging over him and and maybe get to some new ground and and begin to build there. And of course, Cal remains at Kentucky, and I know that Kentucky fans can can make arguments. Some love him, some dislike him uh, with the level of success, but he continues to recruit at a high level and overall be fairly successful. Are we headed in the next three, four years, if everything holds up as far as head coaches and uh, so forth, are we headed to a really good time for Kentuckyana in college basketball where finally all three programs may really have a chance to shine on a national level? Yeah, I think so, Matt, and I certainly hope so because uh, that's the way it should be, and that's what makes this area the best college basketball area in the country. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I'll just, I guess I'll start with Cal since they played last night and won. Um, he's recruited phenomenally. I mean, I know the last two seasons haven't been what Kentucky fans wanted, but I think he wants to get another national championship and he's determined to sort of 
get Kentucky back to the, that stage where they're you know going to Final Fours every year or every other year. Um, I think with Kenny Payne and Louisville, I know some Louisville fans are a little bit uh, concerned because uh, recruiting hasn't taken off as, as fast as they would like. Uh, but I, I really like the staff he's put together, and uh, I think once they do get the word from the NCAA what their future is, that uh, he'll get it going, and I, I think that um, the, the, the direction for, for Louisville is, is heading the right way. Uh, people just need to be a little bit more patient. And for IU, I mean, this is a huge year. Um, they're going to be dealing with expectations. A lot of people are going to pick them first, uh, maybe second or no worse than third in the Big Ten because of you know they've got more people back than anybody else in the league. But um, people will be looking to see if Mike Woodson can fix the, the one major thing that's held Indiana back over the last three or four years, which is the inability to shoot the ball uh, from the three-point line. Um, and if he can do that, I think Indiana can be really good. Uh, but I, I need to see proof that either, you know, Tamar Bates or Jordan Hood Shafino or C.J. Gunn or Anthony Leal or Trey Galloway or, you know, Jordan Geronimo, somebody can be a really effective, you know, wing player who can take the pressure off the inside game by making threes. Rick, it seems like every time uh, we're able to to get with you here on this program, we get into some sort of high school basketball or high school sports conversation. You obviously have a, a deep history in covering Indiana high school athletics up north, and and now here in Southern Indiana is your t- in your time, uh, your many years in this area. And with high school football season on the brink, uh, we're getting ready for our big preview show Monday night where we'll bring in all the coaches and the top players from southern Indiana and kind of get set for the season. But, you know, there's always so much excitement around high school basketball here. We've been blessed to have some great players, even as crowds have waned in other areas, to, I think, keep hoops in southern Indiana on the forefront. And as I get ready for this football season, I know that we haven't had a lot of banner football years recently. New Albany had a a real exciting breakthrough last year making it to the semi-state. But I don't get the excitement or the feedback from the fans or I think just generally the interest in high school football in southern Indiana that we get for basketball. And Maybe you could even argue for some other sports like volleyball and baseball, which have been so good here in the area. With that said, when I think about Louisville, and you obviously keep an eye on both sides with your, your job Uh, their basketball scene at times when they have some really good players and teams they don't get the crowds but football in Louisville seems to still matter I was talking to some coaches over there earlier this week and and they're really excited and there's a lot of interest in the high school football season is high school football the big dog in Louisville and obviously high school basketball the big dog here Uh, is 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 that is that the standout in, in the metro Louisville area football yeah, I think it is, and it's a cultural thing that you've got, I don't know, six to eight schools that are, like, all in on it, and they build it in, and, you know, the students respond, and they have a lot of graduates who live here in town, and they come back and continue to support the program after they, you know, get jobs and become, you know, citizens here in town, and I'm talking about Trinity and St. X and Mayo and Christian Academy and DeSales and Holy Cross. And, you know, there's a few other manuals sometimes, but I mean, the, the thing that is, I mean, obviously Trinity and St. X have driven it for a long time, but Mayo has, has made a big step up with, they've got the right coach in there 
uh, in the last in, in Wolf in the last six or eight years, and I think they played Floyd Central next week in the opening game. Um, they, um, you know, it's it's very competitive. It's very competitive in terms of getting players to come to your school. That's one thing that I think hurts Southern Indiana. And I, I know that there's sort of a tradition of when there's some good young kids who are identified there that the Louisville schools will, you know, entice them to come over here and play because it's a, they tell them you get a better chance of being seen uh, by colleges. You got a better, you know, it's a huge, bigger crowd. It's a bigger deal. And that's always been tough. I think for the Southern Indiana teams to sort of, to fight that off. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Uh, Rick, I want to close with a baseball topic. I know you're you're such a, a, a Major League fan, a, a White Sox fan specifically. Uh, the Field of Dreams game. I, I, you know, I don't watch a lot of baseball on a regular basis outside of the playoffs, but I, I do have to applaud MLB on their efforts to do some of these special games. I thought last year, of course, your Sox were in it. I thought the Field of Dream game in Iowa was tremendous, and then the years before that, the, the Little League field that they constructed uh, there in Williamsport to tie in with the Little League World Series, I thought was really neat, and that game is back tonight with the Reds and Cubs. And I had mentioned this on the show earlier in the week that uh, coming out of Evansville, the, the mayor there had uh, t- talked to the local paper that Major League Baseball is, is working, it sounds like, to stage uh, one of those special event games in Evansville. It would be the first time uh, that we believe Major League Baseball, would ever have been, a game would have ever been played in the Hoosier State um, at historic Balsy Field. And um, I've got my fingers crossed because as fun as Williamsport and the Field of Dreams games have been just watching from home, I can't imagine uh, the good it would do for a unique place, a place I've had a chance to watch a number of games and broadcast from occasionally some baseball games, uh, the improvements that would happen at Balsy Field leading up to the game and the excitement for Evansville and really for all of Southern Indiana and the metro area. Uh, let's hope that happens. I'm just curious your take on these uh, neat games that uh, Major League Baseball has put a lot of money, a lot of time into uh, that I think have been very well received by fans and kids and everybody involved. I love it. Um, I love the Field of Dreams game last year. Um, the pregame ceremony with Kevin Costner, the players walking through the cornfield, you know, on the stadium. The some of the players that were mic'd up during the game, you know, how you felt like you were the, the cameras and the fans were closer to the field than they are at a Major League Baseball game. And I, I think they need to find more of these opportunities. Bossy Field would be a great one. I'll take it to other parts of the country too. The the big problem that I mean, baseball what. Um, is hard for me to, to accept and, and deal with um, is that baseball is still, I think, really popular in the towns that have major league teams. But if you're in an area that doesn't have a major league team, it doesn't feel like people are as into it there. Uh, and it didn't used to be that way, I don't think. Uh, you know, when I, when I first moved here, the Cincinnati Reds were still really good, and it was the leftover years of the big red machine and people – uh, talked about the Reds. They cared about what the Reds did every night. The Courier-Journal used to have a um, a baseball beat writer by the name of Ron Coons who would drive to Cincinnati for every game. Wow. Uh, that's what a different time it was. Um, and now, you know, the Reds haven't been good for a while, and younger kids seem to be more interested in soccer and other sports. And, uh, you know, baseball needs to have serious uh, brainstorming sessions to come up with ideas to keep younger fans interested in the game.
so I think events like this help. And, um, you know, I'll be watching tonight, even though I'm not a you know, Reds fan or a Cubs fan, just to see um, how the production this year uh, differs from the production last year. And I hope they have a really good game because last year what made it such a good thing is the ending was so phenomenal. Uh, and hopefully the, the same thing happens tonight. Absolutely. I really got my fingers crossed that uh, we get a formal announcement maybe for the 2024 season, it sounds like. Uh, for Evansville? Yeah, for Evansville. That's yeah, you know, the, the, when the, when the bats used to be called the Redbirds, and when they started up in 1982, uh, the first game they played was in Evansville. Evansville had a AAA team in the American Association. It was the Tigers' AAA team. And I drove down there in April of, 20, uh, of 1982 uh, to watch the, uh, the the Redbirts play. I think it was the Evansville Triplets. Was that their name? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, they played them down there. And I, actually, a guy that I knew named Howard Johnson, who later played for the Tigers and the Mets, hit a couple of home runs. And that's the ballpark where they they filmed part of the movie Field of Dreams. I'm not Field of Dreams, but League of Their Own. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the, the one with Gina Davis and Tom yep. Hanks and Madonna. Yes, uh, yes. So, yeah, it, it's a very old school ballpark. And, you know, playing, take the, you know, take one game a year around to different places like that and create interest in baseball. Yeah. Uh, as you know, Evansville's got, it's Don Mattingly, it's Andy Bennis, Scott Rowland not far from there. It's a big, they've got a tremendous, uh, Gil Hodges of Princeton, Indiana. There's a lot of older baseball connections there, so bring them to like. Absolutely. i got to tack on one quick thing. Uh, sure. I meant to ask this earlier. Uh, beer sales at Indiana Athletics. It was announced <laughs> earlier this week. Soccer has been added to the list of sports. Of course, football has been on the list for a few years now. Uh, there's just one missing, and it's uh, Assembly Hall men's and women's basketball. And I saw a release in my inbox this morning that IU has named Coors Light as its official beer, essentially, for this 22-23 upcoming season. So with all these announcements, adding soccer and now Coors Light, does this mean, Rick, at some point in the near future, an IU basketball fan will be able to enjoy an ice-cold beer at Assembly Hall watching Mike Woodson coach? Yeah, I think so. It's incremental progress. Indiana's been ahead of some schools, but behind many others uh, in this. I mean, it's been at Louisville for as long as I can remember uh, to have beer sales at games. Haven't really ever had any incidents. I heard people are concerned that they're going to have people drinking beer in the front row, and you know, it happens at Louisville games. So, and they have actually served mixed drinks at Louisville games. So, it's it'll happen. I think they just want to take it at a slower pace and get people more uh, on board and accepting of it and. The, the financial benefits are, are, are that's what's going to end up driving it. The, the money they can make on this is going to make it impossible to turn down. Yeah, makes sense. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports, filling in today for his son, Alex Bozich. Rick, great job, and I'll be in touch. I'd like to have you on again here soon. Yeah. Uh, anytime, Matt. Thank you. All right, Rick Bozich with us here on this Tuesday program. Had a text also on the Thornton's text line said, same thing as paying players to come to your school, I think in reference to my first segment. Comment uh, earlier about um, uh, SMU paying $36,000 a player through an NIL collective for men's basketball and for football players. That's every player on the roster. So, yeah, I agree. The only difference is it's not the school. It's not the school paying. Uh, it's not 
it's not the school paying. Can we get that off there? It's not the school paying uh, the, the uh, fee. It's the NIL collective. So sorry about the busy signal there as we disconnect from Rick. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment. James Bragg, the coach of Floyd Central Football, will be with me as we preview the high school football season in advance of our big Monday night kickoff show. We'll talk Highlander football next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back to talk some high school football today. Coach Bragg, James Bragg of the Floyd Central program with us here in our final segment of our Thursday program. And Coach, I know that uh, last year, not a banner year for the Highlanders, but boy, it was a really good close to the season. You guys reeled off some wins in the second half of the year, and I'm sure you're hoping that this year the Highlanders can pick up with that same momentum, but maybe this time right out of the gate. Yeah, you know, last year uh, we started off with a very, very tough schedule, playing uh, three of the best Kentucky uh, 6A schools uh, the first three out of four games, you know, and it didn't start off like we liked to, but our kids kept plugging away, and then we got some momentum there, and then, you know, just kind of kind of ran out of gas there towards the end, ran into a very good uh, New Albany team, you know, uh, with, the, what, two times in three weeks, uh, which, you know, everybody knows their great story they had last year, so... uh you know, our kids, though, in the off season, uh, you know, they only took about two weeks off and then got right back in the weight room and, and started going at it. And we've been very pleased right now where we're at uh, going into our scrimmage tomorrow night. Coach, as I look across the area and talk to the head coaches from southern Indiana, the story in most cases seems to be the same uh, as it is for the Highlanders, that a lot of key losses to graduation a year ago, around 10 players that were really key for you, lost to graduation from last year. So I know a lot of this summer and these preseason practices and even the scrimmage tomorrow night will be based on trying to figure out who can step into some of these big roles. Yeah, you know, uh, for us, we're a little different. It seemed like we were a very heavy-sided senior last year on defense, and we lost a lot of good players. You know, Nate Ripley left us on that defensive line. Brandon Fessel, who played both sides of the ball, offensive defensive line, a two-year starter for us is gone. Garen Jenkins is gone. We had an all-conference uh, DB and, and uh, uh, Jack rushing. Uh, unfortunately, oh, unfortunately, he graduated. Unfortunately for me, i got to replace him. You know, so uh, – Offensively, you know, we're bringing back a lot, but on defense, you're you're absolutely right. We're replacing seven key guys on defense, and uh, right now, you know, we got a good battle going on at linebackers. Um, you know, you're going to see Jake House, and you're going to see Lockhart in there. You know, but Mitch Bernardi, you know, who's been our tailback uh, all last year, he's actually uh, probably going to go both ways, play a little linebacker for us. You know, there's Parker McClellan, who's a junior, is trying to step it up and play a linebacker for us, and then we got a sophomore uh, Wage Kobe. And Jacoby was a big, his brother, his older brother was a big part of our offensive line last year. Uh, his little brother uh, is going to be a, a key next this year for our linebackers. And then D-line, uh, it'll be a little different. You know, usually we were really squatty and fast. Uh, this year we're squatty and strong. You know, uh, we have Isaac Hunt in there, a junior. We got uh, Singleton uh, as a senior and, and Emerson Jones inside that we're looking to kind of more, 
uh, swallow you up than like where you had Nate Ripley who would just press you off and, and chase you down the line. So it'll be a big difference for our defense for sure. Coach, we have talked about this in uh, in past interviews this time of year, but I tell you what, you open the schedule with uh, really a gauntlet. You're going to host Louisville Mail, who year in and year out, I called them earlier today, not just one of the best programs in Kentucky, but really in the Midwest or this uh, three or four or five state area. And then week two, you go over to Manuel to play another Louisville opponent. So some really good competition right out of the gate, which sometimes can affect your win-loss total for the season and maybe the momentum early on. But those early games, those tough competition games, you like them out of the gate to find out where you stack up. Absolutely. You know, one thing that, um, you know, when I when I got the job here was was talking about our schedule and make it more of a, uh, a 5A, 6A schedule because that's where we're going to be in a couple years, probably, probably in 6A in southern Indiana. So, um, you know, Louisville Mail is, is Mail, you know, and DuPont is DuPont, and they're both – very good, talented, respectful programs. And right now, you know, Mail's always been up there, and DuPont, uh, coach over there, has got them going. Uh, they, they've been uh, – last year they were phenomenal, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we compete. You know, we could, we could play with them. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's, everybody looks at the wins losses. Did we get better? Are we getting better from week one to week two to week three? And last year, even though we're, we lost – as a coaching staff and our players, we thought we got better. You know, I mean, going in that DuPont manual game at the end, uh, uh, going in the fourth quarter, I think it was 7-7, you know, and then they, their side just overpowered us at the very end, you know. So, um, you know, I like those matchups. You know, uh, I know some people in our community don't. But, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And we need to compete. And uh, our kids are looking forward to playing those two programs again this year, you know. But then when you talk about coming back on this side of the river, you know, we got those two guys, and then we turn around and get a very good 4A Silver Creek team, you know. So, uh, you know, our our all our um, how I put our non-conference games are no such thing as a pushover or slack. I mean, you you get uh, we get three very good quality opponents right out of the gate before we even hit the Hoosier Hills Conference. Yeah, definitely. I like the mentality. Coach Bragg of Floyd Central, our guest. Coach, it seems like just yesterday it was our first interview. You had just accepted the job after being an assistant coach. This is going to be year number five for you as the boss of the Highlanders. So I can kind of ask you a little bit more about the area as you survey the Hoosier Hills and Southern Indiana football this year and start the game plan and think ahead to your schedule. What, what kind of year uh, are we in for in this area football-wise? I think you're, I, 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 I hear people saying it's down, and I always laugh at them. I'm like, why is it down? You know, um, you know when you're talking about us, we have 13 seniors. <clears throat> excuse me, Matt, for clearing my throat. We have 13 seniors, and eight out of those 13 are being, have been talked to by colleges playing football you know so like I don't know how 13 seniors at our or eight people at our school are down you know for talent wise you know New Albany's gotten some great transfers come in they've got a couple kids from across the river from Mayo. Uh, they had a kid transfer in from Georgia it's supposed to be really good you know Jeffersonville reloads every year it seems like I mean you know their record might not show up but they got a ton of talent over there um, and then you know uh, talking to Coach Hawkins tomorrow we're going to see a very very talented uh, Charlestown team that has big aspirations of winning the Mid Southern. You know, uh, I've talked to uh, Coach Williamson from uh, North Harrison was in my office a couple days ago. Uh, we were trying to help him out with some helmets and everything, and, and he's excited about his season. So, you know, I think when people say that this area is down, I think that gives us a uh, 
us coaches down here take that as a chip on our shoulder, and we're like, no, we're not down. I mean, we reload just like every other team does. It's just uh, it's just a little different because, you know, it looks bad when we all beat up on each other, you know. But Southern Indiana football is good and it's strong. Um, numbers are up, it seems like, for everybody in our area, and that's always a positive thing. You know, coming off of, you know, people talk about, want to talk about injuries or concussions and stuff like that or COVID and this. I've had the, We have the biggest numbers at Floyd Central I've had since I've been here. So I take pride in that, and I want to show people that what we can do. Great stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Great stuff, James Bragg, the coach of Floyd Central. Coach, we'll see you on Monday night uh, for our kickoff show at 7 o'clock. We'll have all eight football-playing schools on in the area. Always great to catch up, especially this time of year when the season is just around the corner, and to look forward to hearing more about your team, especially after that matchup with Charlestown in a scrimmage on Friday when we get a chance Monday to catch up. Thank you. All right, James Bragg of Floyd Central with us as we continue our preview going around the area, talking with some of the high school football coaches. We'll have all of them with us Monday night at 7 o'clock here on the Big X. That's going to wrap up this Thursday show. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.